Philly sports and of course right after our show dropped last week the Eagles finally traded Jalen Rager for a seventh and a conditional fit that could end up being a fourth but nevertheless two picks yeah you know how he went on Angelo he admitted that drafting Rager over Jefferson was a mistake well I mean it's pretty obvious you're not going to hit on everything there's really no GM in the history of the NFL that has hit on all of his picks you could look at all other 31 GMs and look at their last five drafts and I bet every single one of them seriously missed and then then the next round a really good player was taken so (laughs) it's about how much you do hit and how he has recovered enough with how much he has hit in these last three drafts in particular. I would totally agree with that. And and his off-seasons have been stellar, especially this one. The way it's been balanced, the free agency with the uh, opportunistic trades with the draft, he's yeah. used all three streams of income, per se, for a GM yeah. like to perfection. It, it was an interesting comment. He said, it, it really... It, it bothers me, but I also can see why he did it. He said he chose role over best player available at that pick. He 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 said Greg Ward was coming off of a good year and they they needed an outside receiver. They had planned for Ward to be the inside guy and they just chose speed. They thought Rager had had the skill set to be the outside guy. Right. Jefferson had really been dominant as a slot guy in college. Yeah. So they chose they didn't know that Jefferson was going to be a dominant outside well, no. receiver. I mean, but the tools were there and that Realistically, yeah. most of the scouts would have told you. <laughs> Absolutely, that, that would Minnesota, be the case. I mean, even though it's a new regime and all those guys are gone, they laughed at Howie when that pick was made. Yeah, but the bottom line is, Tech. In a couple days, we're going to be kicking off meaningful football. It's yes. been a long wait for us as fans, and I think as Eagles fans now, we're approaching an era that really hinges on what Jalen Hurts is able to progress to. Yes, but if he, if if this kid is. Even just able to like sniff the top ten of QBs, I just then this team is going to be really hard to beat. And you got to remember that you add a receiver to make any quarterback better. I mean, oh yeah, me or you could probably complete complete a pass or two to AJ Brown. Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, I, I look at that too. And all the greats have always had stud receivers, man. All of them. I just want to see him answer the critics. I just. Want to see him? So do I. Show up all the people that are in my Twitter feed that even are Eagles writers and Eagles fans that believe that Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in this division. Now I'm not going to sit here and act like he isn't. I'm just going to say I want to see Jalen Hurts take that step. And by week four, everyone's talking about Hurts looks like the best quarterback in the division. I want to see that. And until I do, it's going to be a big question mark. Not only for Jalen Hurts as the future of this team, but this team itself. You, you know, season. you know why I think it's going to happen. Number one, you have an elite offensive line that is healthy. Well, Andre Dillard. We'll discuss that. We'll talk about the the depth chart in a minute. Well, I guess what I'm getting at, though, as far as Hurts goes, is he's going to be able to drop back and have better protection than most quarterbacks 
in the NFL are, are afforded because yeah. our offensive line is truly elite. If they could stay healthy, the, but they're they're the elite though. Starting so, offensive yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna run elite. the ball enough, man, to give these play action passes some some ability to really break the game open, especially oh, yeah. with yards after the catch guys like AJ Brown and and you know Devontae Smith. He's he's pretty shifty in space too, and. The the exciting thing about Devontae Smith this season, because it's, he's really going under the radar. He has. It's and exciting stuff. It's exciting because he's now going to have cornerback two on him. He's not going to be double teamed every play. and He's not going to have the number one guy on him on every snap. Exactly. It's going to be way better for him. He's going to get open in spots, and I think he's a sleeper. I think he could end up being the star receiver of the first half of the season. He very well could. I mean, that's, what I, I, that's how I see it. Him and Dallas Goddard are going to take tremendous advantage yeah, they, with having A.J. Brown out there. If we're facing a team that really has anything less than like at least one pro bowler in the secondary, yes. then it's going to be really tough to defend the Birds this year. There's just It's, right. not, even a, it's not even like, oh, I'm a fan, we're going to be good thing. It's it's just when you look at the matchups they present, they present matchups that most NFL teams don't have the personnel for. Right. At this exactly. point. Because you have a quarterback now that they're going to run these RPOs and they're really going to be effective because he can do what Lamar Jackson does in terms of speed, just about. True. He's just as fast as Lamar, just about. Yes. Now, I was watching some of these highlights. Uh, I think it's our, our, our boy, uh, uh, Brendan Deeg, uh, put up some of these highlights. I think it was the Vic. Washington game. Remember that? When it was like twenty eight nothing at the half or whatever. Yeah, was. yeah. Oh yeah, that was uh that was like thirty-five something yeah, at the half. Was it? Yeah. He was put up some of those highlights. I'm watching these highlights and I'm just like as much as I love Hurts and believe in Hurts, I don't think anybody can do what Vic was able to do. He was Yo, he, that, he had that such game a in cannon. particular. And that was a Monday <laughs> nighter. That was a Monday nighter. That was an unbelievable game. Wow, that was uh, phenomenal. I, I remember that one. I would love to one. see Hurts come out, look like that, and it be like 35-3 to at the half against Detroit this Sunday. Well, their defense really, yeah, sure, it's improved because Aiden Hutchinson is a legitimate force up front. Oh, yes. And I think he's going to have a very good NFL career. I'm not just saying that because of Hard Knocks. This kid was a consensus top guy at his position. No, and he looks like a beast in Hard Knocks. He does. He looks I legit. mean, he's got all the tools. He clearly has a good head on his shoulders and a good family around him and a good support system. So the kid is going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. And you know what? He's probably going to rack up a lot of sacks because Detroit, I would imagine, will be trailing a lot. Yeah. And uh, they'll be their that defense will be on the field a lot. I don't want to see Hurts get sacked. That's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see Hurts get sacked. Well, you don't by want Hutchinson. that blind side to be to be blown up. You know, I think Hurts has a natural instinct. He has a natural ability. Sometimes he might escape the pocket a little too soon. I think he might be yeah. able to give himself like another half a second if he can just squeeze another half a second out of his progressions. Yeah, I want to see him go through all his progressions. That's really all it takes is like point yep. five extra seconds of scanning the field. That extra blip. You know, on it's the important. radar, that extra blip it's, on the radar. That's what that's what made Peyton and Aaron Rodgers and these guys so good for so many years because they are giving themselves that extra millisecond where they're mentally and Brady, they're oh, mentally yeah. ahead of everyone else on the field by well, enough time. I mean, guys like Brady obviously don't have the RPO ability that Hurts does, but guys like Brady made a living. He releases the ball on those fast. short throws, it, man. five yards, three yards, six yards. Eight he yards, always has an outlet. Five, he yeah, always, always has an outlet, and he just he. Dinks and dunks you down the field, yeah. and and he does it to everyone every you know, game. I, I really hope that there is some real ingenuity 
uh, as far as the play design goes this year. Yeah, me too. I want to see, like, why have I not seen a like a shotgun formation where you have Gainwell and Sanders in the backfield. I, we said this last season. Gainwell and Scott in the backfield. Right. Why, because all you got to do— Remember, we do, asked Barchard and Quinn this too last year. Yeah, we, we, and when you, we, have, when you have a tight end like Dallas Goddard, and you can set split backs on flares towards the sidelines at right. the snap. Like they used to do with Westbrook and Buckhalter. And Dude. They used to do that. Yeah, they the, don't the do The linebackers immediately have to give attention— to those, unless they're playing cover two with with the with the um, the cornerbacks kind of pinching down in a bubble yes. towards the line of scrimmage. I think which, I saw it twice last year. All of last year, I, I don't think get I saw it. it twice. Even if you run them on wheel routes out the backfield straight at the defense, I don't get then it. Then the either. outside of the field is going to be open for the deep ball because the safeties have to pay attention to that. Yes, when Andy Reid had a good running game, it seemed like that was a staple in his offense. I really hope we see that because that right there is something that they haven't done at all. And because they haven't done that at all, you can really catch some teams off guard with that. Yes, you can. With guys like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on the outside because they'll get single coverage exactly. if you run that effectively. I believe it. Yeah, um, well, we'll see, man. Maybe they'll do it. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I, just, just saying real quick, the first three and out in the first quarter, I'm going to go berserk. I already know my test berserk. is blowing up. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, berserk. it's important to announce that for every Eagles home game this year— the vet alumni will be represented at an event every every home game. Yep. Tailgate at the Navy Yard at yes, the Gatehouse, sir. along with Philly Sports Trips and Bell and the Birdmen. I'll be spinning tunes for the pregame before. So like every game, you know, we'll be we'll be there for like the three hours, four hours prior to game time. Yes, sir. Um eighty five dollars gets you all you can eat, all you can drink. Private entertainment, obviously. Eagles will be making appearances. Pretty dope event. So yeah. our first game will be week two, obviously, the Monday nighter against the Vikings. But Woo! Tech, week one, Club Eagle, which is obviously my where I reside, yes, sir. will be open. So just so you know, there's a Club Eagle inauguration Club Eagle. 2022 party going down. We'll talk about it off the air. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go over the depth chart in a second, but we have to talk about the desperation move that the Cowboys just made, signing Jason Peters to that decimated uh, offensive line. Prem, will you still look at Jason Peters the same way? It's funny because last night, I think it was, I was just scrolling on Twitter and I saw the picture posted by the Cowboys of Jason signing his paper. It and looks so bizarre. With the, with the beard, with the dye, and like the almost yep. like he has the beard put the, with the paint yep. in it. The classic Peters the look. The classic Peters look. With the, with, and I just see him in the hat and like, I almost see in his eye and his fake smile almost that like, he's like thinking, I think Eagles fans are going to really see that this is off. It, oh, I can almost read it in his eyes. Now I get it. Service time gets you those extra benefits as a yeah, uh, NFL the veteran man, the player. The man's a professional. You have to separate emotion. It's a business. It's a business. But as a fan, it's, it's still, a desperation move for Dallas. It is a desperation it's a smart move, move for, for Jason Peters. It just hurts his his legacy just a little bit. It tarnishes it just a little bit. Now, look, we I'll want be a honest, Super Bowl. I can't with the wait man. to see Josh Sweat rip him apart. Though. I would love to see it. I can't wait. Just I put, can't a, put him on his rear end. I mean, unfortunately, that's what I want to see now. Oh, absolutely. Is Peter's on his rear end and yeah. da- and Dak's blind side getting blown up all night long. And right. if you send the corner blitz from the side he's got to run to. Oh, yeah. What are, what are you going to do? Because you right. got you got the secondary to do that now. Exactly. These are things that Gannon needs to do. Get, ex- if they want to win these it's games. It's all about Gannon. Gannon and Hurts. This is what it's about. You have to send some corner <laughs> blitzes, man. We have lockdown corners, so they're not going to be expecting that. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're going to expect that Slay and Bradbury are dropping back on their island every play. Give me some corner blitzes and 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 run a, a stunt from the other side, too. Like, get creative with the defense. You got to get creative. You have the guys to do it. Hassan Reddick is a pro ball edge rusher. I, I pray they don't drop him into coverage. Sometimes it's okay because you want to mix it up. Blue moon, you don't, but you you don't, don't need want, to rush yeah, him all the time. You do, though. but you don't want to. You don't want an offensive coordinator to know that ninety nine percent of the time, Hassan no, Reddick is rushing. But ninety four percent of the time, all right, fair enough. You want him after the quarterback. He should yes. have a twelve thirteen sack season. Right, let's go over the depth chart um, and see where everything stands. The quarterbacks. This is. I was against this, but they went ahead and did it anyway. Two QBs. Yeah, but they went three. It's hurts. Minshew and Ian Book. Oh, that's right. They is signed the Ian QB. Book. They I, actually put him on the 53. Yeah, I'm not wild about this. You could, I, you could really have just not. stashed him on the practice squad if you really wanted to. Well, yeah, they brought Reed Sinnott back for what reason? I have no idea. He's on the practice yeah, squad. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Ian Book would have been my practice squad guy. I guess they felt like uh, he was good enough I think to it, make it. It might, be, it might be nepotism. Somebody in Sinnott's family might. <laughs> Maybe. It smells like nepotism to me. Yeah, there's because there's nothing I, mean, I see that makes any sense. No, he's why like Clayton this guy Thorson 2.0. I have yeah, no why, idea. Why is he on a roster? Look, I don't know. Uh, running backs, uh, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, as expected. I mean, we're pretty deep at running back because we have a guy that can do just about everything when you think about Trey Sermon now is now the biggest guy in the room. Uh, I, I think he is now either starting off on the practice squad or he's going to be deactivated. Either way, that that's a, that's honestly a, a value pickup. But he's not This listed. was a high draft pick with a lot of upside. He's not listed on a 53. They're listing three running backs yeah. on the 53. You know what, though? Sermon at some point, because it's a Inevitable that Miles will of probably miss is. a game. Maybe or two. even in week one. It's possible. So what I'm saying is, you know, Boston's gonna get a lot of burn. Kenny Gainwell's gonna get a lot of burn. I'm wondering if they activate Sermon ahead of week one, which will tell us a lot. He's the only back really that could be like a short yardage type of guy because I believe he's like two fifteen, two twenty maybe. Yeah. Um and, and he was a, a guy that when he was drafted by the Niners, they had a lot of uh excitement. About that pick. And, and a former Oklahoma teammate of Jalen Hurts. In the, I like that, too. In the dynasty world, in the fantasy dynasty world, Trey Sermon was a, a back that was taken pretty high up in drafts. Yeah. Coming out. So yeah, I, I like I that because it's just it's just how we filling out the roster and making you potentially deeper at a position that has more turnover than any, any position. He's taken over that Jordan Howard role. I look at uh, when I see Trey Sermon. Yeah, like, and he's okay, young. He and he's younger. Young. I like that. Right. He's young because you got him on a yeah, rookie deal for three more in San years. Francisco last year though, he couldn't really see what was in front of him yeah. very well. Yeah. That's his biggest knock. But okay, wide receivers. We already know this. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal. They're going yeah, four. I, th- I thought four was a very good possibility. And that's what they're and doing. And that's fine. Uh, tight ends, uh, Goddard, Stoll, and Grant Calcaterra. This is the three. They let Richard Rodgers go. Yeah. He was signed by the Chargers on the practice was. squad. He's a, he's he a consummate professional. Yes, they wanted to get younger. They liked the younger kid, even though I want to see. I want to see him, too. I mean, the Calcaterra kid has some pretty nice uh, highlight reels. Right. All right, let's go to left tackle here. Here's here's the news story. Uh, you got Jordan Mailata and Andre Dillard, who's gone for four to six weeks. He's on the IR. And, you know, I, I'm not sure who backs Mailata up. Well, you, sli- if he gets you, sli- you slide Lane probably to left tackle, right? That's what I, that's what I heard. But I don't know if that's, that's the blind feasible. Side can, can he just go from right to left? That's a good question. I, maybe not. I mean... Now, it's, isn't it ironic now that Jason Peters would be would be great to be able to sign? 
Isn't that ironic, though? It is ironic. Because, I, I wouldn't bring him back anyway. No, but the irony is now you, you need a backup left tackle. Yeah, it's a shame. It's because funny. Dillard had a really good... Uh, training camp. He, he looked did. really he good. He did. Well, let's let's hope that let's hope that Mylotta, you know, uh, avoids harm and no one goes low with the I, chop hopefully blocks. Hopefully, he can he can hold up for a month. You know, honestly, man, it's so dirty with some division teams sometimes that it's almost like you feel like the first, the second game or third game when we play the uh, Commanders, yeah, the, the Red Commies, as I oh, like to call God. them, yeah, uh, that someone's going to go low on Mylotta. I hope not. Because my lot will go down and go out. That I mean, type you of just stuff. Think, yeah, it that, happens all the time. That type of stuff happens, man. If if we don't have like a legit left tackle backup, I'm in, worried in about Washington this because this just ate up a little bit of our depth. And yeah, I, I that's, worry that's about that's scary, that. man. I know because well, that that messes up everything. You're right. Look, if Lane Johnson has to bite the bullet and switch over to left, then that's just what he's got to do. It's the most important position on the line outside yeah. of center. So then you go left guard. You got Landon Dickerson and Sua Opeta. You're 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 pretty good there. Yeah, you go center. You're great here. You got Kelsey and Cam Jurgens. Jurgens is going to be a player, just like Kelsey uh, oh, yeah. anticipated. Yeah. You got uh, right guard Siamalo uh, and Josh Sills, who I'm iffy on, but Siamalo is there. He's tried and true. Yeah, there's some there's some depth because Opeta and Siamalo. I mean, they could you know there's some there's some room to wiggle there. Right, move guys around. Then you go to right tackle. We just mentioned you got Lane Johnson and behind him Jack Driscoll, who I really like. Yeah, Driscoll's definitely a Driscoll uh, could if Lane utility had to switch, line. He's a utility line. Man. Right, if Lane had to switch over to left tackle. Driscoll could start in that, right And that's tackle. what they would probably do just to have your best tackles on the field? You would have to. You would have to. Uh, okay, defensive ends, you go on one side, you got Brandon Graham and Teron Jackson. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, you got Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett. Solid four. Solid four. Because Hassan Reddick really is the same thing anyway. Right. So on the, de- the defensive tackles, you got four. You got Cox and Jordan Davis. On the one side, and on mm-hmm. the other side, you got Javon Hargrave and Milton Williams. Probably one of our deepest positions. It really is. It really is. Uh, then you go to your starting linebackers. Hassan Reddick, TJ Edwards, Kazir White. I love it. And your backups. They're, a- they're active, man. All yes. those guys are active. And your backups, uh, in the same order, are Patrick Johnson, N'Kobe Dean, Sean Bradley. The youth movement. The youth move. Sean Bradley, I always liked his energy. Yeah, he's a really good special teamer. I need to see. He's him like, yeah, he's like a street. A he's like a street ball type of player. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, your corners, uh, you got six of them, and also in order. Here, here are your starters: Slay, Bradbury, Maddox. Love it. Followed by in order as as in their backups. Yeah, are McPherson. Job and Scott, Josiah Scott. Job, I'm excited to see Josiah Scott, ho hum, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Job, I think that he has a future in the NFL. And even McPherson's kind of whatever. You, you know what it more. is about Job? He, he's so uh, technically sound. Yeah, he's one of these like almost. I don't want to say he's like a T.J. Edwards type guy where he's just. But he in the preseason he looked like that kind of guy that was just everywhere. Every time the camera was focused on a tackle or a play, there was Job. He was there. If you're going to take a flyer on a young kid, make sure he played at Alabama or Georgia. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. It really is. It really is. And how he finally figured that part out. And, you know, you look up and down our roster, you know, or guys that come from Oklahoma or wherever, and you have a lot of blue chip type of recruits, basically, at one point that are on this team. Exactly. Uh, Then you go to your safeties. 
obviously Marcus Epps and uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And you, and their backups are Reed Blankenship and Kavon Wallace. Kavon Wallace is, is a guy I don't believe in. Gardner-Johnson, I'm excited about. Me too, but from the way uh, Gannon was talking, he may not be ready yet. Well, there's a lot to absorb. I, you know, they're going to have him in certain packages that they're probably uh, getting him acclimated with certain packages of practice. Right. Not to overload him. He's so, a beast. He wants to be on the field. Yeah, they'll, they'll bring him in. I, I'm, he's going to be in probably on every third down because he's a playmaker. Yeah. You want all your playmakers on the field regardless. I mean, what I was talking to someone about the other day was when you have a safety like that, and and cornerbacks that can play the game the way that our cornerbacks can play. Yeah, you can just make that type of guy Gardner Johnson because he has instincts. He knows how to play the game. Oh yeah, he's you can a ball just hawk. make him a joker. Yeah, all you do is say just just be where your instincts tell you to go on on every play, and just know where your counterparts are going to be. Exactly. Just know where the corners and and your safety partner are going to be, and just be the joker. Maybe sometimes that means he's blowing the the tight end up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe sometimes that means he's doubling. He can, he can doubling. play against the quicker tight end. Exactly. Maybe sometimes he has to double wide receiver one A yeah. if it's if Slay has a bad day or someone's having whatever. You know, I think that with Gardner Johnson, you can you can do that with him. Just let him be a joker. Let him read the quarterback. Yeah. And let him drift with the quarterback's eyes. Let him truly exactly. play safety. We haven't had a guy that could really do that since B Dog. Well, I'm not I didn't saying he, say I'm it. not saying he's him. I know. So big shoes to fill. Exactly. But I'm saying we have haven't had a safety that could play that way like, like this kid. Right. This kid can play that way. Uh, and obviously, Jake Elliott, Aaron Sippus, Rick Lovato, the usuals. The special the usuals. teams is probably one of the worst units in football. Right. Besides Jake Elliott, who's probably a top 10 kicker. Yeah, he's great. Um, finally, the kick returner and punt returner. There's three options. They haven't said for sure who they're going with. Right. But number one on the depth chart list is Quez Watkins. Well, I would want Quez returning punts all day. Right. And the other two, obviously, Gainwell and Scott. And the, I'm, I'm fine with all three of those guys. I, I worry about right. Gainwell catching the ball more than all yeah. three. I yeah. think that Boston Scott's probably the most sure-handed of all those guys. Yeah, he reminds me of, uh, uh, what's his name? Brian Mitchell. Well, yeah, Brian Mitchell. Brian Mitchell, a lot. Yeah, all right. Same build. I'll, I'll say as a return and Brian man, Mitchell Brian Mitchell was one of the yes. greatest return men in NFL history. I yeah. mean, you go Devin Hester, Brian Mitchell, Desmond Howard. Yep. Um, these guys are some of the best to ever do it. Yes. Um, who, who was the other guy that played? Oh, obviously, um, who was on the Browns for a while, Josh Cribbs. Okay. Cribs is probably the See, best. I was thinking ever. of Darren Sproles. He just Sproles as well. Got, Sproles got that as well. Sproles in him. Dave, Dave Meggett back in the day. Some great, <laughs> Dave Meggett. Great punt returners, man. He was. Dave Meggett was the so man. So I think that of all those guys, Quez has the most upside. Well, it's finally an Eagles season preview right here. Yes, they, sir. they have an actual game this Sunday, 1 p.m., against the Lions, who. According to Hard Knocks, I mean, I, I watched it tremendous, and they look ready to play. 30 to 18 birds. <laughs> I'm not going to give a final score, but I will say that the only concern I have is that I've said it before. They come out in the first half, they get punched in the mouth, and they're looking up at the scoreboard at halftime like we're down two touchdowns to this team. Now, I don't I'm not think saying that's they possible. will lose. I don't think and that's guess possible. Guess what? My feeling of them getting punched in the mouth has nothing to do with the Lions roster right, at all. Right, and everything to do with preparedness. It's the intangible football factor. I got yes. you. They've been practicing in pads. They've been hitting. No walkthroughs for the Lions. 
No yeah. walkthroughs. Right. Well, you know, I, I get it because Dan Campbell is a living, breathing cartoon character. He is. So and, because and the of whole that, staff is just former players. I, I mean, just, I do yeah. love the staff. I, Aaron Glenn. Yes. I loved Aaron Glenn. Obviously, we Deuce is is, is an all time eagle. Deuce, Hank Fraley. These are guys that had amazing careers that played under really, really good uh, head coaches and right. and know the game well. I think that you know. The birds are going to come out and and assert their will on offense. I think that they're. I gonna, hope so. They're going to pound a rock a bit. I think on this Detroit team to take some of that steam out That's there. That's what I want train. to see. The first when you go on the road, out, yeah. When you the go on the road, first out, you're getting texts out the wazoo. You're going to get a bible of texts from. I me. would really just I'm like to go see berserk. him. I would like to see him come out, run, run, and then quick slant to AJ Brown like that. Simple. Yeah, just run, run, and then wherever, whatever you're at, third and seven, third and six. Oh yeah, quick slant, to AJ Brown. Like keep it simple initially. You know, like I think it's really easy to take a uh, a team out of the game like the Lions that's try- trying to win with emotion. Yeah, because all it takes is just dominating a line of scrimmage to do that. True. And our offensive line needs to come out and just do that. And I hope that the call- the calls are not too flamboyant out the shoot. Yeah, I don't want to see. Pound the rock. Let run to that right side a bit. Let Lane get going out the shoot, running yeah. people over. Yeah. And then just. Hit him with AJ Brown in the third and sevens, and I want to see that type Oof. of plan. I can't wait. I can't wait. On the slow the game down. Yeah, slow the game down. Then you hit him with the bombs in the second half when they're guarding against the run. That's what you do. Uh, I, 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 I haven't been this excited about the Eagles. Uh, uh, in a, in it's the been start a while season since after the Super few, Bowl year, right? Since after the Super Bowl, year. and we were even right. still hesitant because Wentz was coming back from a major injury, right? And he never got back to what but he we was. were just on that high. That yeah, championship yeah. high. Oh, it was it was phenomenal. We were excited to, to be defending champs for the first time in our lives. Yes. All right, well, on the flip side, the September Phillies are upon us, you know, plus the Sixers made another signing. We'll talk about it. But first, brought to you by ProLine Music and Fairless Hills Academy of Music, it's time for a Vet Fact. This is a Vet Fact. Well, Tech, much like it is nowadays, in 1990, the New York Mets were pretty good. They were 77 and 60 on September 7th in 1990, but handed their 60th loss by the Phils, who would beat them 4 to 1 on September 7th, 1990, in front of 29,744 fans. The game, which took just under three hours, included some big hits from Nails, Lenny Dykstra, Dale Murphy. <laughs> but believe it or not, Crucker and Dalton went a combined 0 for 7 in this wow. game. Wow. Dutch. Von Hayes had a hit in the ribby. Von Von Hayes hitting third in this lineup. This was a good lineup. Mickey Morandini in this lineup. Mickey Morandini. The Phils beat David Cohn, who was a great pitcher. Loved him. In his day. This is before he went to the Yankees. Yeah, I I hated when he pitched against us. But uh, in the. David Cohn was great. In RBI 94, he was tremendous. He struck (laughs) out 12 Phils in six and a third. Yeah. You know, this was a tight game. This is uh, one of those games that you're biting your nails a bit. It was 1-1 till the bottom of the seventh. Mm. And the Phils got two runs in the bottom of the seventh. Lenny Dykstra with three total bases in the game. Dale Mark Murphy with two key RBIs. Charlie Hayes with a key RBI. Oh, Charlie Hayes! You always get excited for Charlie Hayes. I'm a big Charlie Hayes guy. But the Phils would get a better pitching performance from their pitcher because... Jose De Jesus. Oh, Jose De Jesus, I remember him. Goes nine innings, four hits, one run, only three Ks. Mm. Probably got a lot of ground ball outs and pop outs. Yep. So there you go. September 7th, 1990, Phils defeat the New York Mets. We only got to 64 and 73. We were definitely not favorites in that one in Vegas. 
However, the Phils would get the would get the win and uh, march towards the offseason. They didn't make the playoffs that year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Sixers, Bram. They signed a backup center, uh, Montrez Harrell, a two-year deal. He's former teammates with, with Harden and Tucker uh, in Houston. He, he won the sixth man of the year with Doc Rivers in L.A. a few years back. And it's to be noted that Doc Rivers fell on his sword for Montrez Harrell and actually got fired for not benching him. Um, in uh, that year, or, or I think it was the next year. Um, I know a lot of people were looking forward to seeing B-Ball Paul and Charles Bassey love uh, B-ball get Paul. more minutes. I'm a big B-Ball Paul guy, but the fact is, uh, him and him and Bassey both had chances to prove they were good enough, I mean, albeit in limited minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah. But still, they didn't do it. Uh, they it, Paul Reed, in particular, is a guy, look, We've been fans of him. You know, he's been my guy since day one. Right. He has. It's a show show me league, though, Tech. It is, and he has not been able to put it together consistently as an NBA player. He and Bassey uh, both have not been able to put it together on the main stage, Um, but they'll be backup bigs on, on the deep bench. Where they deserve to be, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's hard for me to get excited about the Sixers right now. Because I get it. I know I what I it. see, Tech. But it's a solid I'm sign. Looking in the future, you know what I see? What do you a see? Second round loss. Well, so do I. I mean, look, that's why <laughs> I, it's hard for me to get uh, hype about the Phillies, which we'll talk about when we well, go no, around the bases a in a second. That's a whole different can of worms. I get it. I get it. But look, Harden, for what it's worth, Harden, the out of touch uh, uh, superstar that he is, he has transformed himself. I mean, the man looks unbelievable, and he, he could have a great season. You think he's getting into the hyperbaric chamber with T.O.? I mean, he, he might be. T.O. looks phenomenal. Have you seen T.O.? T.O. could play. Oh, my God. T.O. looks unbelievable. T. I want them to sign him for the playoffs. I would love to sign T.O. I'm, I am I love T.O. You know what I have? I have a T.O. like 1999 <laughs> starting lineup San Francisco 49ers action figure. Oh. In mint condition. Oh, Tremendous. I probably own the best starting lineup collection in the you world. You do. You have a tremendous starting lineup. I should collection. probably call Guinness. Yeah, you could uh, you could make a lot of money on eBay. I'm I have an active <laughs> eBay shop. I actually have like twenty six active listings at the I'm moment. I'm sure you do. You're in the starting lineup I'm figure sure market you that do. is. Um <laughs> but just a final thought. Uh, Doc Rivers, he's we know he's had his problems as a head coach, especially with his personality with the fans here in this city. But yeah, sure, the man has been around the game of basketball for years he has. and years. And we years. have a veteran coach, and if he's not comfortable with Reed or Bassey, there's a good reason for it. Uh, and you know, I can see it. And anyone who understands what they're watching should have been able to see it too. As much as Doc is, you know, not really good with people anymore. All of a sudden, he doesn't know how to be respectful to people. As much as that's true, he still got one of the better basketball minds at the head coaching yes. job position. You know, he's one exactly. of the best. He's one of the best thirty plus guys for a head coaching job. We know that. Yes. He's probably one of the best fifteen for a coaching job. Is he better than that at this point? I can't say. But no. you know, honestly, I I trust his judgment on player uh evaluation. So, with that said, Montrez Harrell, solid signing. Very much so. Hopefully they don't uh, trade him at the deadline like they did the last two years with the backup centers. This is true. But, all right, we talked Phil's, unfortunately, or fortunately uh, for you, uh, when we go around the bases next. Yeah, you know what time it is. We're talking about the fightings here. The fightings. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. It's time to go around the bases. 
is on the Vet Alumni Podcast. Oh my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. And way out of here. Well, September is here. You know what that means? It means the Phillies are beginning to fall apart. But, you know, look, they walked it off last night, Segura. You know, look, yeah. my problem is... You come out, you lose five of six on the West Coast. You got swept by an inferior team. You should have came out and beat the hell out of this. You should have well, yeah, beat but, this you know, team down at home. You're, you're going against the young pitcher that has a better uh, whip than it, Shohei Otani. It should have been a 7-2 to final score. And instead, they had to walk it off in the bottom of the ninth. It Segura. doesn't matter how you do it. you know. I, I get it. A couple now, A week ago, the Marlins were pushing the Dodgers to extra innings and almost pulled it off. And really, almost took two or three in LA. So this is the type of type of team that is going to occasionally play good teams hard. They're going to get up for the occasion. Right. They get beat a lot by the crappy teams, but the Marlins against good teams, they're not always terrible. And I hear you, you went you. against a kid that has some really good stuff. You really, True. You really it just, did. It just bothered me. It's it's two two in the bottom of the eighth. Hoskins is a bat. You know, he's 0 for 3 on the night. Uh, or, or at this point, I think he's 0 for 2. Yeah, but you know what? After after what they just went through on that trip, which was horrible, which I agree with you, to come home and get a walk-off, I don't care who it's against. They needed to celebrate like that. Now you got that good feeling going into the rest of this homestand. And I said they'd go 7-3 and three over to these next 10. Would you have uh, Marlins and then Nats and then Marlins? I think 8-2 is not far-fetched, Tech, because... When you come back from I a see, West Coast trip, I, I see eighty-seven wins. You, I don't see ninety. You, you only see look. You only go. You only go to the West Coast two times a year. They aced the first trip. They crushed the first trip and yes. swept the Dodgers in L.A. You can't find a season, and I'll challenge any fan of the Phils or of the show, both, whatever. Show me a season where you've had two good West Coast road trips. It doesn't happen. That that's interesting. That's an interesting point. It doesn't um, happen. But, you know, bottom line is it's not an excuse. It's just an observation. I just and they should have They should have won. the walk. They lost 5-4. to four, Then they lost on a walk-off. They played the, the Giants tough except for one game. They played them tough. They played tough weekend games. They were in both of those games. The just, environment wasn't right for them. I just can't stand. And I'm going to use Reese Hoskins. It's like the same old Hoskins. He go. He has these hot things, and then he goes. He goes cold like this. Where I'm telling you, two two, bottom of the eighth. It's a three zero pitch, three zero, and he's zero for two on the night. A little, a little nothing ground ball, and that's and that's the third out of the inning. It's it was just so pathetic. He goes zero for three right there, and it just kills me. Right, yeah, he had the one walk, which you know, he good, walked. which is good for his on base percentage. But yeah, Hoskins, he he's a, he's a streaky guy. But by and large, Hoskins not having a terrible year. He's really hovering right around what his lifetime average. His lifetime average is two forty three hitter. He's hitting two forty eight. You'd like to see him hit two fifty, but he's gonna hit thirty home runs this year. Two seventy. He's good. This guy's gonna finish with thirty home runs and eighty plus RBIs, and that's that's solid production. And that's the type of production that you can get away with when you got guys around him like Schwarber. Boom, Harper, and Real Muto. He fits in nicely, even though he is True. streaky. He's he fits in nicely. Player. He doesn't have to be the guy. That's the thing. You know, that's why Hoskins, he doesn't have to be the guy. Like when this team started being rebuilt four years ago or whatever it is, right. he had to be the guy right out the shoot. Now he doesn't have to be that. He's just a cog in a machine, really led by Schwarber, Bohm, and Harper. They're your three best 
options. While Real Muto having a better, way better year, in my opinion, than Schwarber at the plate, even though Schwarber's hitting a home I runs. can't stand the stubbornness of, of continuing Stotch to your lead off. Schwarber. Stop your leadoff Why guy. is Schwarber in the leadoff spot? It's Wait, enough already. Five hole, right? Five hole, we said. Yes. Harper's your four hole. Bohm's yes. your three hole. Schwarber, five. You could put Hoskins or Real Muto in two hole. Yep. And then you have Stott leading off. Absolutely. And then from six, seven, eight, nine, I don't care how you do it. Casty's going to come back soon. Yep. You put Casty in a six this hole. Guthrie kid. What a joke. Well, that was just a kid getting his first start. You I know. Get it. He's a cheater. At least they got the win. But, you know, with, with Stott, enough with this. Well, this this pitcher, he's good against lefties. Enough with this lefty, righty, old hat hey, way but of look, but if I so, want Stott in every game. But you, every lose, game. but you lose that game if Stott's in the game because Sosa hit the home run. At shortstop, yeah, yeah, but uh, it's ironic, right? Yeah, hit the pole. Just, so it was a nice, it was a nice home run. Hit the left field pole. It just kills me. Look, Tech, you have to shift your focus, like I told you, to the fact that for the first time in a while, really, we're in a position in September where it's more likely than it's not likely that the Phils are a playoff team. As much as you want to say it still couldn't happen, sure. Could a lot of things not happen, sure. It, it, it's likely, it's the first but September, it's certainly not guaranteed. But it's the first September in a while where they're in the driver's seat. Yeah, with, I mean, with, they hold the tiebreaker over with Milwaukee, three weeks, who's not a good team. With three weeks to go in the season, you have a pretty much cake schedule minus nine tough games. You have nine tough games left. Yeah. Basically. So out of those nine tough and games, and I can't trust this team to win go, all these. When I look at the and schedule five. and I look at the cakewalk, I'm like, why well, I can't trust them to win win the majority of these games right now. I look at this pitching, and I saw on that on that West Coast trip, five out of six starters couldn't get past the fifth inning. And then I look on Twitter, and like all hopes are on Bailey Falter. It's like if that's where people's minds are at, I mean, it, we're in trouble. Well, look, there's 27 games left. You know, you got to go 16 and nine. Or so is that right? Twenty-seven games, sixteen and nine. That's sixteen and eleven. You got to go sixteen and eleven to win ninety right now. And really, when you look at the schedule, um, I don't know if I could find eleven losses left. Looking at the schedule, it's really not a ton of games left. But but I can't say oh they're definitely going to win this. They're definitely going to. I can't say that right now. The pitching is not where it needs to be. I see. I see about maybe nine losses on this schedule. I mean, this team is. When I look at the schedule, it's just what I see as someone that's been... I've been betting all year, following games all year. Yep. I see about nine, maybe ten losses on the schedule. Puts them in 90-91 wins. When I just look right. at it, because this week, you know, you're, it's cakewalk until the 16th. Then you go to Atlanta for three. It's tough. Then you got Toronto at home, and then Atlanta at home for four. You have a tough stretch. From September 16th to September 25th, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine tough games. And then yeah. you get... Then you got to go to Chicago. They've been playing teams harder too. So you really have like 12 tough games left. Exactly. But then you got four in Washington and three in Houston. Houston's going to have their spot locked. They're not going to be playing all their guys. All their pitchers are going to be resting for the playoffs. They're going to be set in their rotation for the playoffs. It's possible they win 90. Actually, no. Houston's going to have a bye. Houston's going to probably be playing all the farm guys when we play. They're not going to be playing their studs. It could be a triple A team. We'll, That's we'll what see. I'm saying. So what I'm getting at, Tech, is I, I see 16 and 11 right here, and I see 90 wins on the money. Maybe you're right, but it still just looks like because they're, they're like they had a nice feel good win last night. They're celebrating. You need that. You need that feel good feeling again. These guys are really good ball players. We have a lot of great hitters in this team. They just got to get going. The, the Miami Marlins, yeah, sure, they got some good pitchers. You got Alcantara and this Lazardo kid. I don't think uh, Alcantara is pitching tomorrow, is he? No, 
or today, I'm sorry, you got Trevor Rogers pitching who's got a 5.57 ERA. Yeah. You know, and then the next day you got you do got to see Alcantara. Ugh. So you're going to lose one of these. You just got to win the series. You got to win the series. You're probably yeah. going to lose the Alcantara game, though. Dude's an ace. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. You take two or three from the Marlins, that's fine. You came back. That's all you got to do is win series. All they've been doing since the All-Star break is win series, with the exception of two. Three. Three series, that's it. I just don't want to see a September collapse here. Because nothing is guaranteed right now. Nothing so I, is guaranteed. I, I don't I mean, want to see a collapse. No, that's you where know, I'm at with th- the Phils. I think this is a different team. I was listening to Rob Ellis, and I just kind of agree with what Rob was saying. He's saying, you know... You feel like it's possible that the Phils could do this because they've done it and people are worried. And it's like, this is just a different club. This team is full of veterans. It's full of guys that have been here before. It just truly is a different club now. So I don't see that being the case, Tech. Um, and uh, I guess we'll, we'll find out soon enough, though. We'll find out soon enough. I, I know everybody wants a red October, but all I can see is a green October. That's all I can see. Well, the Brewers, the Brewers kept pace last night. Brewers kept pace, so you still got a two-game lead. But it's a good thing you handle business at home. This is why the Brewers are not going to catch you, because you're going to handle business at home against teams you're supposed to. Even if it's a walk-off, I don't care. You handle business. Yeah. Last year's Phils lose that game. We know that. Yeah. That, Last year's Phils listen, lose that you're game. You're not wrong about that and at And the all. whole tone is different right now, even from me. Yeah. Even from me. This is not last year's squad. I believe that. I'm, I'm with Fritz, and I'm with Rob Ellis on this one. Okay. All right. Well, look, the picks are back, and there's an interesting twist to the picks. We'll get to it when we come back I'm around. Here excited. we go. excited. It's time for Prem's Picks. These games are a blowout, a human lot. You can bet your children's unborn children on these games! It's Prem's Picks! We're back! My favorite picks to do, Tech, are the NFL picks. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. So, a little bit of a change-up this year, Tech. Yes. Uh, we're gonna, a twist. I, I used to just pick winners, right? And we know that that's fun, and I'll still pick winners every I week. I love the winners, yes. I'll still pick three winners every week, with yes. or without the spread. There'll be some kind of winner. Love pick it. three of them. Yeah. But because it's such a betting world now, yeah. I'm going to also pick three additional items that are good on parlays. This is this is a good twist. I Whether like it's this. an over here, or this guy's going to have this many yards, better yes. than over-under for that, or this many TDs. I see a lot of this everywhere. I like this. Absolutely. I or, like this. or I like this quarter. Who's going to win this quarter? The, whatever you can oh, put on a prop bet. And there's a lot of good ones on FanDuel. I'm going to give you six every week. And we're going to calculate my percentage of how many of these picks are right. Whether it's a win or it's a bet. Uh, a line item on a bet for a parlay. And that's how we're going to do it this year, Tech. All right, let's do it. Let's kick it off. I got six items for you in week one of the NFL season. Starting off with the no doubt about it. Give me the money line on our birds to go into Detroit <laughs> and handle business in week one. Jalen Hurts going to come out with a lot to prove. He knows everybody doubts that he can be a franchise guy. He is not a stupid dude. He knows it. He wants to address it. Yep. He's out there with some of his best friends playing wide receiver. Yep. He trusts these guys. He believes in these guys. The defense is revamped. They're going against Jared Goff in the first week with the revamped secondary. I like our odds. I know that you got the Lions on hard knocks. Everyone's excited. Doesn't matter. Bird's money line, lock. Lock. Tech, 
You know, Matt Ryan went out and started a new uh, a new life in, yeah, in Indianapolis, yes Indiana. Yes. And Frank Reich is out there. You have the best running back on the planet, Jonathan Taylor, out there. You got Geo the Podcaster out there. You do as well. <laughs> and, you know, you have a division game week one. The Colts were disappointed last year. They're going out to Houston in week one against the, uh, probably a below-average Texans team. Yep. Davis Mills at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have some guys out there, You know, kind of like a who-is-that type of team. Oh, yeah. I love the Colts and Frank Reich with Matt Ryan and that defense yeah. and Jonathan Taylor to go into Houston and get the win. Money line straight up. Give me the Colts to win. Lock. Lock. All right, Tech. This one is fun because everybody likes to pick on the New York Jets. So this will be my one spread pick of the week. You got Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens going to the New Meadowlands to play the New York Jets. <laughs> Favored by six and a half points, so a touchdown effectively. Favorites. I yes. like I like the Ravens to win this by ten plus. Ooh. I like this thirty to twenty, thirty to seventeen. Okay. And I feel that very confidently you can take the Ravens to cover. Yeah. Six and a half in New York. Lock. Lock. Alright, Tech, here are my three items. Here we go. Statistics that I think are gonna happen. Josh Allen <laughs> is only the over's only one and a half touchdowns to be thrown by Josh Allen. Really? In the season opener against the Rams in LA. Oh, uh, that's a tough game. Prime time game to open the season. Thursday night, right? Thursday this is, night. It's a great game. Josh Allen's gonna throw two touchdowns. Yes. Give me the over on Josh Allen, over one and a half TDs. Give me the over all day. Woo! Allen's going to throw two, probably two to Stephon Diggs. There we go. These guys are big-time players, and they want to play in big-time games, and this is exactly what that is. I know that Los Angeles has a great defense. I took him in one of my fantasy leagues, Tech. Yep. But I will say that Josh Allen's going to throw two TDs. Lock. Lock. All right, Tech, here's another one for you. This is a fun one. So you have... Total touchdowns scored in an entire game between both teams. Okay. Jacksonville at Washington. (laughs) You got Dougie P taking Trevor Lawrence to Washington to play Carson Wentz and Riverboat Ron. What what is this one now? Four and a half touchdowns in the game. I would say four. I'm taking the over, Tech. I think Carson Wentz alone accounts for four touchdowns. (laughs) Three through the air against Dougie P. Three through the air. One on the ground or four in the air. Antonio Gibson might catch one out the backfield. Jacksonville's defense is not that special. And everybody is underestimating Washington. And I know we're birds, guys. I'm just being honest. Washington will be a tougher play this year than the Cowboys will for the Birds. Okay. It's just the truth because Carson's going to get up for those games. Carson will get up for those games, bro. Okay. Yeah. He will. Uh, okay. Like, I know that everyone likes to berate the guy, and I fell no, off. I the, hear you on I this. fell off the Carson train in terms of supporting him at 1.2. Right. But he's still a very good quarterback. No doubt. And I like him to account for four TDs for his offense. And I think that Trevor Lawrence gets two as well for his offense. Okay. I like six TDs in this game. And so I'll take the over. Give me the over. Four and a half touchdowns. Jacksonville at Washington. Lock. Reluctantly. Lock. (laughs) And the last one, Tech. This one's going to be a fun one. You got the Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr, and his old friend, Devontae Adams, going out to L.A., their old home, to face the L.A. Chargers. On a wow. Sunday primetime, well, not primetime, but I like the 425 games. I consider yeah. that football primetime. Yep. That 4 o'clock CBS crew. You always <laughs> yeah. get like some of the better uh, commentators in that one. Yep. The over 
is 52.5 points. This is a shootout. This is an AFC shootout all day. I see both teams possibly cracking 30 points in this one out to shoot. Wow. This will be a fun one to watch. I love Justin Herbert. I think they are loaded on offense. Sure, both teams have improving defenses, but I think that it's going to require a lot of scoring in this one to win. And I like the over, 52.5. Give me the over. Vegas at LA Chargers lock. Lock. This has been the first edition of Prem's revised 2022 NFL picks. There it is. We will be talking birds when we see you next week. Yes, sir. Vet alumni.